You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. This is Ben Wolf. As always, your host. We're going to learn from our guest today how to use emotion, i.e., what really works, in your marketing. Uh, please pause this for a moment here, subscribe, leave a review, like, follow whatever it is that they let you do on the platform on which you are watching or listening to this, and then unpause. I'll give you a moment to do that. Just kidding. You're pausing it. So let's get going. I want to start by introducing our guest today. Uh, He is the chief strategist and founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, which is a brand strategy and neuromarketing consulting firm. We're going to learn what that means, and we're going to learn what Limbic means. Uh, You can find out more about him at Limbic Brand Evolution. Dot com And with that, I give you Kevin Perlmutter. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm thrilled to be uh, joining this conversation with you today. Well, as am I. And did I pronounced your last name right? Perfectly. Okay. Good. Nailed it. Should have asked you in advance before we started recording. <laughs> um, so if you don't mind starting with giving us a quick two-minute background on like where you came from and how you got to be talking about or how you got to be where you are now in terms of talking about that, which is which is most passionate for you right now today. Yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, as you mentioned, I'm a brand strategist and neuromarketing consultant, and I've been in the business of marketing and branding for over 25 years. Uh, several years back, I, I did a, a, a sizable run at a place called Interbrand, which mm-hmm. is a global brand consultancy where I led large places of client business. And um, I was a, a leader in the brand strategy group. And I did things like, uh, like it, it, was, it was before 2010. So it was when the mobile internet was just starting to become a thing and online reviews were so important. And, and brands all of a sudden need to start delivering experiences that people could say good things about, as opposed to just promising what they're all about through advertising. So while I was there, one of the great things I had the pleasure of doing was creating that company's first ever global customer experience practice. And I really became in tune with this idea of helping brands improve the experiences they were delivering to their audiences. I left there um, a few years later, seven years after I started in, in 2014 and joined a Sonic Branding music studio where I was chief strategist, chief innovation officer, and I created a a proprietary research capability in partnership with an outside research firm for that business. And it was rooted in, and still is to this day, rooted in neuroscience, rooted in the subconscious instinctive responses that we have to stimulus, such as sound and other things, and how all that impacts our behavior. So I became deeper and deeper interested in and involved in understanding how the brain works. And I realized that so many brand leaders, business leaders, CMOs are missing a huge opportunity to tap into the instinctive responses that our brain has to the world around us when it comes to marketing their brand. So in 2019, I launched Limbic Brand Evolution. um, And we're going to talk a lot about what I do, but I, I just thought that would be a, an interesting place to start this conversation. Right. What do you mean when you say experience? You use that word a couple of times, emotional response, experience. What does that mean? Well, we're all having experiences throughout our day, 
and in our lives and in our businesses and the experiences, the things that we're doing, how, it, how our surroundings are affecting us have a tremendous impact on how we feel and how we go about things. And brands have, uh, have the brands put out experiences. You, you have an experience with a brand. You walk into a retail store and there's an experience that you're walking into. Is that a good experience or a bad experience? Do you, is it, is it easy to navigate? Do you enjoy um, what you're looking at? Is it compelling you to, is it helping you find what you're looking for? Is it, are the people who you interact with who work at the store, are they providing good service? Are they nice, friendly people? Same thing for other types of businesses, B2B businesses. Uh, they are working with clients day in and day out. Are those experiences that their clients are having good experiences or bad experiences? Are they helpful? Are they motivating? Are they inspiring? Or are they frustrating and complicated? And, you know, those experiences that we have in our lives dictate how we feel and which ones we want to go back to and have over and over again. Mm -hmm. Now, are, are these kinds of experiences that we can think about making part of our marketing and not just our marketing, it sounds like just our customer or client experience. It, are these things that are more like, like hacks or are they subconscious, like you might call it types of things, or are they more like things that are clear and open and like conscious or, or have a conscious effect on people? Certainly. Um, everything we interact with um, has some impact on us. In fact, uh, most of the things that we interact with on a daily basis, we have there's a subconscious impact and decision being made that we're not even aware of. If we if we reacted consciously to all the stimulus that we inter that we encounter on a daily basis, our our brains would would uh, would explode from too much activity. Right. So our, our bodies have the ability to. Um, to react to things um, instantly and subconsciously and help us move through life in ways that, that simplify our day and, and allow our brains to, to work more at ease. So the, the challenge is when something causes us to have a bad experience um, or we need to make a decision on a more conscious level, our, our brain kicks that from the subconscious side to the, you know, it's not actually a side, but uh, for, for purposes of illustration, from the subconscious side to the conscious side. And we have, to start, we have to start thinking through things. So what I like to focus on with my clients is helping them understand that these instinctive emotional responses that we're having to our surroundings are causing the large majority of, of decisions on how we feel about something and whether or not we wanna ever have that experience again. And if we then start taking that to a conscious level, we start making more emphatic decisions. Well, I love that company and I, I want to go buy more from them because it was such a great experience. Or that was a horrible experience. They, I called the call center. I was on hold for 15 minutes. Uh, I got a, a representative who didn't even acknowledge my wait time and then was curt with me and obnoxious. And my problem wasn't even resolved to my satisfaction. And I don't ever want to have that experience again. So I'll probably not work with that business in the future. Mm -hmm. These feelings that we have um, guide our, our, our decisions. So, you know, in under, in under um, a half a second, 
we're instinctively responding to our surroundings. But our brains are, you know, as, as a good friend of mine, um, Dr. Cyrus McCandless, who's a, a PhD uh, neuroscientist, likes to say, our brains are brilliant summarizers of experiences. They don't let us know about all of the experiences we're having at every moment, but they definitely like to summarize and guide us down the way. And, you know, we, we, our feelings set the tone for our behaviors. And as humans going through life, we like simplicity. We, mm -hmm. our, our brains help us uh, choose the path of least resistance. And if something is going to be, if we, if we, if we instinctively want to resist an experience because it was bad, we're going to resist that experience and move on to something that we'll find right. more enjoyable in the future. Right. What uh, you use this phrase and your, your whole business is named limbic brand evolution. What does the word limbic mean? Yeah. Well, um, the limbic part of our brain is the part of our brain that controls emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory at the subconscious level. So right. it's actually rooted, the name of my business is actually rooted in how I go about helping my clients by helping them evolve their brand in ways that um, will have positive impact on the limbic parts of our brain. Understood, basically, at least high level. What, now, a lot of what you talked about, I think has to do with, I mean, you talked about like the customer service phone experience, right? So a lot of these things are like after someone's already working with you, that's like way after the marketing phase uh, or like having made that initial discussion to work with you or decision to, yeah. to, to work with uh, you, but like, you know, anybody's company. So obviously that experience working with serving your client needs to be a good one. It needs to be positive and, <laughs> yeah, and as little friction as possible. Yep. Before we even get to that, before the first time they work with you, like what does marketing that does not take this emotion, does not take the limbic part of your brain, does not take that into account? Well, like the people, in other words, before they start working with someone like you. So yes. what, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And what happens? Yeah, well, let, let me uh, broaden out the conversation a little bit, and I'll certainly answer the question that you just asked. So oftentimes, and most of the time, I'm, I'm working with clients um, at a, at a pre-marketing stage. Now, it doesn't mean they haven't done any marketing before. They're clearly in the market and doing marketing. But what I'm helping them do is I'm set, helping them set the strategic foundation for how their brand comes to life going forward after we're done working together. So my work will impact their communications, how they speak about their brand, how they communicate in sales materials or advertising or, uh, or, or on their website. Um, it impacts the experiences that they're creating for their, for their customers and their clients. Um, so it might evolve how those experiences get presented so that they're more in tune and desirable um, for the people that they're working with. It might even evolve their product and service offering. So let me, let me be more specific on how, on how this works. So I'm helping my clients do three things. I'm helping them focus, connect, and evolve. And the focus aspect of what I do for them is... I'm helping them articulate more clearly what it is there in the world. What, it, what are they doing in the world to make people's lives better? And how can that be presented in a way that's going to be motivating to others? Mm -hmm. And when I help them connect, I'm helping them understand more deeply the needs, wants, and desires 
and even the unmet needs of their target audience, the people who they want to create these relationships with. So when we look at what it is that they're all about and what they care about and what their clients care about or their customers care about, bringing those two together creates this intersection of what I like to call and what I've, what I've trademarked limbic sparks. Mm-hmm. And limbic sparks happen when emotional motivation meets brand desire. I'm setting the strategic foundation for how a brand can present itself in a way that's going to be emotionally motivating and compelling to others. The third area that I mentioned is connect. That's where I help them evolve their communications, their experiences, maybe their offering, um, so that they're putting themselves out there in a way that's going to be most most compelling. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Um, I worked with a, a, a client uh a year or so ago, it was my first big client after launching this company in 2019, right. um, the AT&T Performing Arts Center. It's a nonprofit in Dallas, Texas, large uh, organization, a large campus of, of art performing arts um, venues and different types of performing arts. And they are in fact a nonprofit. So they are there to serve the Dallas community funded mm-hmm. by sponsors, donors, etc. And they were, when, when they first started working with me, they were having a little trouble expressing the amazing things that they were all about. They were having a little trouble connecting with all parts of the community equally. While they were serving underprivileged communities within Dallas and helping students and families in those communities have access to the arts and maybe even um, experienced performing arts classes that were subsidized by the Performing Arts Center because they weren't available in the local school district, um, they weren't necessarily well known for those types of activities. They were a little bit more well known for um, incredible performances, um, often attended by um, you know, people who had more, more resources to attend mm-hmm. those types of things. Okay. Their, their tagline and their positioning at the time I met them was staging the amazing. And that was very true, but it put them in the position of talking about themselves, talking about how amazing their performances was, how how amazing their buildings were. It Mm -hmm. it put them down this path of talking about the amazing qualities of what they were all about. And it was creating, unfortunately, a little unintended distance between them and certain other audiences that they wanted to reach. As opposed to experiencing the amazing, which focuses on the audience. Exactly, exactly. So I help them focus, connect, and evolve. I help them recognize that as a nonprofit, as people who love the performing arts, people who put on these amazing performances that they were passionate about, that they can express that and get that out to the community. I help them think about the audiences that they've reached and who have attended these performance and talked about the incredible experiences and how they didn't even realize that something so incredible existed in Dallas before they got there and how they were made to feel welcome and special and it opened their eyes to new opportunities for enjoyment and even career path and pursuing passion. And we evolved them from AT&T Performing Arts Center staging the amazing to AT&T Performing Arts Center yours to discover. And that changed the whole tenor of how they put themselves out there and talk about it. So instead of talking about how wonderful they are, they're now talking about how welcoming and inviting their campus is to you who could come and experience this and can find new new ways to enjoy 
the Dallas community, new experiences that will help you have a more enjoyable life and even find new passions that you can pursue personally or professionally down the road. So that little flip took them from going, it, it was going from about us mm. to for you. So about us to for you is a significant shift because you're now speaking to your audience in a way where you're addressing their emotional needs and desires and unanticipated needs and desires. Mm -hmm. And you're sparking their interest in things that they didn't even know you were all about. So that's one example of, right. of how we can shift, shift the conversation a bit and, and tap into people's instinctive emotional responses in a positive way. Right. You know, it's very interesting and it's a good example. I, I wonder if you also have any other stories or examples from, you know, I don't know, maybe from the for-profit or even the B2B world. Certainly. Uh, where things look like before and what it looked like after or what they or or even things that you noticed, even if they weren't a client and like what you see that they could. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. They were taking this into account. They could do they could do, you know, it could look like that or whatever, like ideas. Most definitely. Most definitely. One thing that's consistent across all the clients that I work with, um, and I like to call them emotionally intelligent brands, um, is that when I'm, when I'm working with them, I help them become more aware of how they make people's lives better. Mm -hmm. I help them get more in tune with the needs and desires of the people that they're trying to reach. And I help them express how they could be more helpful um, and, and, and in turn, compelling and desirable to those businesses that they want to work with. So one, one other client that I worked with is, an, um, is, a, is a firm that works in the, in the IT space. Mm -hmm. They're actually an agency. So they're, they're a marketing services firm. And they work with very large brands and create digital experiences for those companies. So their clients are the digital marketing departments or the CTO departments of large corporations. Okay. And, and their clients are consumer facing brands that we're all familiar with who have these digital experiences in the marketplace. What my, my client, the service provider to these companies was doing before I met them was they were doing incredible work for their clients and their clients were very happy with the work. But in going after new clients in their business development efforts, they were talking about the fact that, yeah, we create these incredible digital experiences and we create strategy and we have a team of strategists and we have these, um, these UX designers who create these engaging experiences and we have a team of engineers who write code and they were presenting themselves based on their capabilities. Mm -hmm. And what they were missing, very common, right? That's so very common blues. because that's, How that's great our instinct, right? Our instinct yeah. as business people is to oversell the obvious. You know, if you're working in that space, these are clearly the capabilities that you're going to have. And you're working in a category where there's lots of competition. So how are you differentiating yourself between you and the others that have the same capabilities? So in working with my client, I help them evolve their approach to business development. I help them recognize and, and, and really put at the forefront of their thinking the emotional needs and desires that their clients have. Their clients are working for big companies on their digital experiences that are meant to drive customer uh, sales and growth. Um, they're working in a tech landscape that's ever evolving and they're constantly under pressure 
to bring capabilities to their customers to accelerate sales and improve the ROI of their efforts. It's a, so, a great example. I'm really looking forward to what you're going to say next. So, <laughs> so what we did was we reorganized the way they present their offering. Okay. They now go to a, into a business development pitch and they say, we're going to help you. These are the three things we can help you do. We can help you increase engagement and drive transactions. We can help you keep up with the ever-evolving mobile tech landscape so that you're always using the most current features and taking advantage of the most current capabilities and needs, needs um, or opportunities that the marketplace has available to you. And we're going to help you increase the return of your investment on these types of um, digital capabilities and help you get speed to market when things are important. And by the way, speed to market in digital is pretty important. Like when the world shuts down and restaurants can no longer have in-room dining room experiences, and all of a sudden they all have to convert to curbside pickup, having the right infrastructure in their, in their, digital, in their digital platform is crucial to that being done well. And if you lose three months trying to build it yourself, you're, you're going to lose three months of business when you can't right. serve food in your dining room. So we helped them evolve their business from, you know, honestly, it was focusing on what we do to why you should care. And now when they present their services to prospects, they're getting a lot more positive, emotional response from the people they're sitting with because they're addressing all of the needs and challenges and fears and desires that right. their potential clients have. So they've been winning a lot more new business with this approach as well. Right. Now that's a great, great example. And what about the part before that first pitch? In terms of? I don't know, in terms however they're getting the pitch. Like what are they doing to get that pitch? Meaning they well, have I, to get the pitch, right? They have to have it scheduled. Yeah, so how yeah, do they, no, they certainly, I, I mean- That, I, that means I'm there's an impression perfect. emotionally that they have to get that makes people want to even have that call. Yeah, even the, have good, that the good news. I mean, yes, certainly. Um, and and for this particular brand, my my focus for them was on a few things. My focus for them was on helping them best articulate their service offering in in a way that would be compelling to their potential clients, and help them make sure that the experience that they deliver to their current clients is reflective of these categories of of offerings so that uh, we, we did some work to evolve their, um, their approach to training their employees, making sure that all employees of the company that are serving clients are focused on um, the, the needs, wants, and desires of their, of their clients, making sure that they're having the types of meetings you would want to have in a business like that to constantly be on the lookout for new opportunities to serve clients right. better and keeping that retainer-based relationship going. In terms of how they get prospects in the door, um, that wasn't my focus for this particular client, but in terms of how they- I'm just assuming that it's, based on what you're saying, yeah. it's probably, you know, like you say, you got that half a second before you form an impression, whether it's somebody with a, you you know, a company or whether I'm a consumer, you have a split second. Yeah. You only get one chance to make a first impression. As well, that's, say. that's right. And the, the head of new business there, when he has that first conversation with somebody who he either gets introduced to or who rings them up on their own, he's going to talk about those three things that they help their clients do. That's the hook. 
those three things that they help their clients do is the hook right. that gets them into deeper into the discussion, gets them to a proposal, gets them to a meeting. Um, it be, but it works because, and I know it works because they're telling me it works. Um, it works <laughs> right. because you're 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 talking to somebody who's all stressed out about this um, this landscape, and and you're telling them we're going to help you drive transactions. We're going to help you keep up with the tech landscape. We're going to help you have better ROI and speed to market. So it, right. it, this is how it works with all of the um, companies that I work with. I work in a variety of spaces, consumer spaces, entertainment, um, a lot of B2B work, um, service-based businesses quite often. Right. And, and the, things, the things that I'm able to help my clients do, whether they're in a slightly commoditized category or not, is I'm helping them understand the needs, wants, and desires of their potential customers or clients and right. focus on the emotional benefits. I'm helping them be more differentiated because A, they're focused on those emotional benefits, but also because they're bringing out the best of what they do in ways that are compelling and motivating to others. I'm helping them be more in tune with people's lives and create more desirable offerings and brand experiences. And all of that leads to greater brand loyalty and ROI. There's so many statistics around the effectiveness of this work. Like I'll give you an example. Yeah. Harvard Business Review um, published a study a few years back that said that fully connected customers, and by fully connected, they meant emotionally connected customers, are 52% more valuable to businesses than customers who are highly satisfied so think of all the brands that have satisfaction surveys and think that they're doing great when they get highly satisfied ratings. It's not enough because if you're not emotionally connected, right. then it's a bit more transactional. But when you are emotionally connected, you're, you're going back to that business more often. You're re recommending that business to your friends. You're more forgiving of an occasional bad experience. And, and the value is there if... If your business, your brand is connecting with people at that level where they feel like right. they want to keep coming back. Right. And One then, more point on that is that, yeah. you know, emotion and, and Forrester has documented this over a decade of studies or more, that emotion is the largest driver of loyalty for brands. How a brand makes you feel when you're interacting with it is going to give you the greatest indication of whether or not those people are going to come back for more or turn somewhere else at a later date. Right. Yeah. No, I, and I could, I could definitely relate to that just personally as well. And I could think of certain brands, certain companies that provide some service or other, but it's like, they, if they make you feel like you're part of a movement or you stand for something, or it just gives you a feeling beyond just having a good, you know, whatever it is that you want, for, whatever it is that you're buying from them directly. Yeah. And they, so they much, you, so they it, just, it makes me look for excuses to buy things from them or to have more interactions with them because there you go you know? there you go you're 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 what i call a believer <laughs> uh you know like i and i i love to work with i love to work with believers i i the client that i i call my clients believers because they're people who believe that their brand purpose includes making people's lives better that deep customer insights should guide how they evolve their brand um, and they're believers that addressing what people care most about will grow loyalty and revenue over the long haul. Um, and it's, it's so much fun to do this kind of work and to see my clients' eyes light up 
after we work together and they're able, you know, they're winning more client projects. This, the, the complexity of their offering has been a bit simplified. Their, their leadership team, they feel like they're getting their best selves out there on a daily basis. Right. Um, it's really, it's really uh, gratifying to, to work with clients in this way. And the work I do, sometimes it's a project. Sometimes they call me in to create a foundational brand strategy that's going to help them create or evolve a website or refine their communications or their experiences that they're creating for clients. And then sometimes I also love when I'm working with clients who, you know, they just don't have full-time chief strategy officer support on their team. So they look to someone like me as a fractional strategist who could come in and provide that, you know, that touchstone of guidance along the way on, you know, on a variety of different issues. Is that more retainer based? That oh, certainly. Thing? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an opportunity. That's, I mean, you know, you know, we have a focus here at Win Win Podcast on fractional leadership, right? On, I've heard of that. Yes. Yeah, fractional executive <laughs> leadership. I mean, the one who introduced us, uh, I think David Schreiner Khan. Obviously, we've talked a lot about that. He works in the independent space. Yes. So, would you characterize that? Because you used, would you characterize that type of work when you do it as a fractional CMO? You know, and just that's the strategy. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize it as fractional chief marketing officer. I would characterize it as cha- uh, a fractional chief strategy officer. And and there is a difference because because, because a, a lot of the stories that you've told, it's not just about marketing. I mean, it's about your customer service. It's about the way you deliver yeah. your product or service. So it, it goes across all aspects of the business. Yeah, there are some incredible, incredibly talented people that I know who really get deep into the into the details of marketing plans for their clients. And, you know, they're they're thinking about media mix allocation. They're they're thinking about a lot of details. The work that I do actually comes a step before that. It's creating the foundational strategy for how a brand should reflect itself in the marketplace. And it provides all of the details that you would need and a chief marketing officer would need to activate that strategy so that so that the brand is reflected at all touch points in a way that is um, rooted in what's so incredible about the brand and what they're doing to make people's lives better combined with insight as to what people need, want, and desire so that the messaging and the experiences all get put out there in a way that's going to be most compelling for the potential customers that they want to reach. Very cool. And and if people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you, it's limbicbrandevolution.com. Is that right? Correct. Limbicbrandevolution.com. Um, and if anybody ever wanted to meet with me, um, there's a meet with Kevin link on the website. There's also, um, there's also an emotional intelligence blog on the website where, um, I, I publish articles in, um, in branding mag and, um, and in other places. And I'm on a variety of podcasts like this one. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of content, um, that takes this topic from different angles that people can learn from. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, there's an emotion, um, there's the Limbic Sparks podcast on my website as well. I, I also have a podcast where I speak with brand leaders, people who work at companies who are um, driving growth in their business with a with a lot of attention to emotional insight. So I'm hearing directly from them how they're applying the stuff that I talk about in their business and the impact that it's having. Very nice. Well, look, I appreciate you making the time to speak with us today and with everybody out there. Again, limbicbrandevolution.com if people can learn more about you or be in touch with you. And thank you so much for coming on. 
Ben, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and chat with you today. Thank you so much. And all the rest of you, we'll see you on the other side. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.